I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you up to? As of right now, what is your story? You know, like what's, what's, what's your present goals and your past accomplishments? Basically, what's going on? What's been going on with you? Think about that. Last week, we asked, uh, who do you think you are? And then we talked about how who you are is a function of what you think. And then how what you think must be based on what God thinks. So today, we're looking at how to see what God thinks about who you are. Okay, sounds a little, little tricky, but it's really simple. And he tells us just how simple it is. He says, every tree is known by its own fruit. That's how. That's how he knows. Because we don't see trees or people by what they think. We don't see that in them. But we see what they do and what they produce which is why we're known by our actions, right? And that's why whenever you meet someone, the standard follow-up question is, oh, this is Billy. Oh, what do you do, Billy? We ask what they do, because that's a snapshot. It's a quick little snapshot of the person as a whole. Because we all know, we all inherently know that to see, to best see who somebody really is, we just gotta examine whatever it is they do, right? Well, the same goes for God. That's how he knows who you are. And that's why we are here on earth, to do stuff. We're here to do stuff so he can check in on where you're at. Now, <clears throat> here's where we're gonna take a turn. A couple years ago, I referenced this whole idea as bad news for me because I generally talk much better than I actually do anything. So I, I recognized that and I made a promise. I said, I'm gonna make a promise to follow through and actually do two things that I had been talking up. I said, number one, I pledged to stop sinning and become righteous. Yeah. That's pretty bold. Yeah. But then number two, I said, I will dunk a basketball on my 40th birthday. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to me. <laughs> This Thursday is the big day. I'm turning 40. So I gotta share something with you that I have done. Special thanks to Mount Vernon Christian for letting us use their gym for this glory. Probably not a good sign that all of my athletic clothes look brand new still. <laughs> yep. Let's just remember that miracles happen. Closer. 
joking. Hey! That's why you come to church, right there. That is it, 100%. I love you. Okay, though, here's the deal. Here is the deal. I bought a jump program. I bought a leg press. I read up on everything that you gotta do, and I was training three to five days each and every week in my garage that I converted into a gym beginning in January 2020 when I made this promise. Then COVID happened, okay? Then everything got trickier, as we all know, but I stayed fairly consistent, and then I strained my shoulder, which is really important for jumping, I tell myself. <laughs> then, though, I did my, my thigh. I hurt my thigh, and then I got a few pinched nerves and a few... Anyway, ibuprofen and a little time off. I'm gonna get back on the horse. Meanwhile, while everything was shut down, I moved into associate pastor role, and I learned to do everything online, and we were just totally busy in a crazy new way. And still, I got back in the gym. I was just patting myself on the back. I'm doing great. I got back in the gym until I pulled a tricep, which really hurt. And then I experienced a profound new back pain that I had never had. So I changed the program. I looked at everything I was doing. I said, no more of these deadlifts. I don't think I'm built for it, whatever. Anyway, 2021, and I tried again. And I got COVID right at the beginning of 2021. And so then I slowly regained endurance and kind of wreaked havoc on my lungs. And yet again, uh, I started things up and then my back really went out. And I actually ended up getting x-rays and it revealed moderate to severe degenerative disc disease. And now chairs are kind of challenging for me. And then I got COVID again and it's 2022. <laughs> That's what just happened. So I'm telling you that not just as an excuse, although feel free to take it as such, uh, not just as an excuse, but as a little backstory. So, you know, I wasn't just, you know, shirking my duty, but regardless, regarding my righteousness and my dunkability, what do you think? Am I A, a fraud? Am I B, a fool? Am I C, a failure? Or am I D, all of the above? <laughs> I don't like that that one gets the most response. But hold your horses. Hold your horses before you get to use what I've done or not done to vote on who I really am. Because let's remember some of the things that we were talking about last week. And let me make my case. All right? Because first, we're going to just systematically see if I am, in fact, a fraud. Okay? And we're going to follow the sort of follow the bouncing ball as our parallel parable for my journey to righteousness as well. They applied exactly the same. Okay, so did I really believe, really believe that I would dunk? Yes, I really did. I really believed it was going to happen. And not only that, you guys helped me believe that. I, as much as I was trying to like push through that I was delusional, Bruce was like, I believe you can do it, buddy. And I was like, <laughs> I thought you were smart. Anyway, but then a lot of people were like, yeah, you could do it, man. Two years, it's all this time, it's gonna happen. And, and yeah, okay, so at this time, I, I mean, I, I believed in it and I ran the numbers and I understood. I laughed at how ridiculous of a proposition it really was, but I truly believed that somehow I would find a way to get it done. And even though I had to change my ways like several times, like I kept, like I said, I had to change the way I was doing it. Things is I wasn't getting the progress that I wanted at the time and everything. I knew that I needed to believe. I knew I needed to believe if I was going to achieve. That was just a, a non-negotiable, had to happen. I had to believe. I had to know that God could, if he wanted to, could get it done with little old me. If that was something that he wanted to do, he could. 
And even though dunking and, and righteousness sound equally ridiculous, preposterous, I knew that if God wanted to use me to illustrate how faithful devotions require going through the motions, he could. I thought maybe that was going to be part of my, my story. But I also knew going into this that building faith, starting from zero, meant that there was going to be a good chance of a very ugly beginning. I knew it because I read my Bible and it's kind of like when the disciples asked why they first failed to cast out demons. Why did that happen? Well, Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So I, I get that you can do it. You can move mountains with that little of faith, but that's tricky. It's hard to believe. It is easy to start. It's easy to begin, but it's hard to believe. You just, just got to do it and you're on your way, even if it isn't pretty. And I think to myself, imagine the failed exorcisms, right? Like this is a tough thing. They're, they're, they're told they're going to be able to do these incredible things, but they had that first one where they said, gather round. Here we go. I cast you out and nothing happened. And it was probably very embarrassing, right? So I knew that that was a, a real, a very real uh, possibility on my journey. So this is why you'll notice he did say nothing will be impossible for you. Because lots is impossible right now. I promise you that. Lots is impossible right now. But if you put in the practice with those tiny, seemingly insignificant little steps of faith, you'll get there. But until then, yeah, it'll look bad. It'll look bad, it'll be embarrassing, and it might even look like you don't actually believe it. Which is what I think, I, I felt that a lot, that people were questioning whether or not I even believed it because it was so preposterous. But I had to stay in that belief. Because I know that God sees us working. He sees all of the work that we're putting in because no matter where you are at, he is right there watching from the sideline. Always. And Hebrews tells us that building faith is God's absolute favorite sport in the world to watch. It says, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He loves to see that process. That is his favorite thing. Watching you build faith. Now frauds are dishonest. Right? They're lying to someone. The faithful are just clumsy. They can both look bad, but one's a liar and one ain't. And I wasn't lying about my intention or my belief because I fully believed and believe now that God is God and can accomplish whatever he wants. Nothing is off the table. He's God. Even with a hunk of junk like me. He can do anything. So what happened? How come I'm not, my intention was to put the uh, hoop here and dunk in front of you guys. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Maybe I was just misguided, right? Maybe I'm just not so smart. Maybe I was misapplying it. Let's, let's move on. Let's see if I'm a fool. Perhaps I'm a fool. Well, Proverbs gives us a really good tool for discerning fools and those who are wise. It says, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Okay, there's a, there's a good metric right there. There are, there are many disputable matters, which we can just talk on and on, many, many disputable matters in the Bible 
which we continue to debate, all of us in, in the church at large, based on how to interpret them on their scope and their meaning, but there are some, some real big, broad, shoot for the moon, non-negotiables that are commanded of every single one of us without any qualification, no caveat. It's just the big ones. Things like we are commanded to be blameless. We are commanded to be merciful, commanded to be holy, commanded to be complete, pure, and perfect. Those are commands. And the wise heart accepts those commands. You're supposed to do them. So as near as I can tell, aiming for and believing in the impossible, like being perfect, is what wise hearts are supposed to do. That's the action they're supposed to take. Remember the, uh, the supposed superheroes and saints that we talked about last week? They were ordinary characters, just like us, who earned God's kudos, good job, attaboy, for doing like one spectacular thing amid countless fruitless attempts. There's so many things that went wrong before something went right. So were they misguided? Were they foolish? Well, well, we judge what we do or what other people do based on the perspective that we use to see what they've done. And there are two ways to see frequent failure that comes before a singular success. You can see it either as getting closer, each one of those was a step that was getting you closer, or every single one of them was just falling short. You just never did it. And following God's commands as we understand them, the best that we understand them, to the best of our ability, is never, ever, ever foolish. Hear that. That's faithful. It's never foolish to just do your best the way that you understand it. Sure, it can be confusing and it can absolutely be embarrassing, but we each have to, we are commanded to take our shots and even if we miss, take our lumps. That's it. The good news is, the good news is, God sees misses as getting closer. That is his perspective. He says, when you miss, you're getting closer. That's progress. And he thinks all progress is positive. That is a good thing. He knows the score. He built the game. He knows the score. And he gets that you got to work on your aim. Which is why Paul keeps pushing this constant reminder to us that we have been talking about. We made some bracelets about whatever you do. Do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do. When God's glory is your goal, that's what you're doing anything for. And you just don't take your eye off that ball. You can't be made a fool. You can't. Proverbs tells us a discerning person keeps wisdom in view. That's, that's the eye on the ball. But a fool's eye wanders to the ends of the earth. So keep your eye on that ball. As for the pain now, the pain of this process, remember that we are putting on our new self. Putting the new self on means that we are throwing out the old, right? The old you is gone, and that is a painful process. All that baggage, everything that you were, that's out of here. But all of those past failings, those missed shots from your past, they serve a purpose. They make you better, they made you better, they will make you better. And, where you, and when you see where you went wrong, exactly what happened and how it didn't 
go as you plan, you can resolve not to do it again. So that was good. This is all positive. This is how God sees it. Admitting faults, admitting faults is a great thing. It doesn't, it doesn't reveal weakness. We think that all the time. Admitting faults does not reveal a weakness. It creates strength and it communicates your courage, your perseverance, and it hints at a deeper story of the character in you that is behind those actions. And that's a story of someone with a God-given goal and a plan with a purpose. That's what you see. That's not a fool. So that leaves failure. I'm at least a failure, guys, right? Even if my heart and my mind were in the right place, I did not do what I said I would do. I am a failure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. I am a failure, right? Yeah, first service said, no, and I said, I love you. Thanks, guys. Um, no, I mean, but honestly, that's the measure I'm asking for. I mean, that's what I said. I said, I'm going to do this, and when I don't, I fail. I am a failure. I have to own up to that. I mean, it is true. I didn't dunk. I did not, and I am not sinless. I've not been fully righteous. But I did practice. I did practice, and I did make progress. I dropped a little weight. I got a lot stronger. I fought through a whole bunch of uh, injuries and illnesses, and I became more consistent and more disciplined. And now, even though my bad back put me further from the hoop than I've ever been, I feel closer to my goal because I can feel how far I've come, way more than I feel how far I have to go. And standing here after two years of repeatedly feeling like a failure, I realized something amazing. I realized how comforted I am by having endured my fears being fulfilled. It is a strange gift to have all of your anxieties come to fruition and then have the next day because I survived it. The worst thing that I could imagine. I, I so did not want to be here in this position two years ago. And here I am. And every day I felt this coming. But when your, feel, your fears are fulfilled, you get this gift. And I now know that I will survive failure. I survived it, and I'll survive it again. And that right there, it's part of the process that God designed to grow us into his loving and trusting kids. John says, this is how love is made complete among us. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us, okay? Jesus, this is what it's all about right here. This is why we're here, guys. Everything we do, everything that we are doing, have done, and will do reflects where we are on the path from born this way to just like Jesus, right? We're somewhere on that path. And each of us can only go so far because our path to perfection was designed to teach us our need for help. 
We are not going to make it on our own. You can't get there from where you were born to just like Jesus. You need help. But it also teaches us God's great desire to give you exactly what you need. And you need Jesus. Surprise, surprise. And he sent Jesus to get us all home. But I want to clarify something that I feel like a lot of us, a lot of us have the wrong mind about. That Jesus, that you make a commitment, you do something, you say the words, and then Jesus has got it from there. That's true to a degree, but do you know how far Jesus actually carries you? It is exactly and only the distance from your best effort to perfection. You're responsible for the rest of it. He is not interested in doing what you could have done. He's only interested in doing what's impossible for you. But he's all about, you're, you're here to do stuff. He wants to see you move along that line. And that's why John tells us, why he phrases it this way. We are now, we are God's children now. And what will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, he shall, or that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Little children, which you are presently, even though you haven't made it there, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Bing. Moving along that line, you're putting in the practice, you're there. There's a point, there's a point on that line. There's a point where you come to the end of yourself and your ability located right at the pinnacle of your practice to do what you believe God has asked of you. That's it. And that point, that's the point right there where we're supposed to live every day. Maximum effort, everything we can do, all the practice, all the step back, step forward, all there, but stay right at that point, the best that you've got. We're supposed to live in that place because that place is where he is coming to pick you up and he knows exactly where that place is for you because he knows exactly who you are and he sees exactly what you're doing he knows what you're capable of he knows where that spot is for you so meet him there now you not so much you don't know that <laughs> we're not the best judge of that I'll give you an example. Take this, this ridiculous guy who saw himself as a football player, right? Like he, he knew that's who he was. It defined his life. And even though he never made it pro, and in, and in fact, he only played a total of two snaps in college because he, he barely even made the practice squad. And he was even barely eligible for that because he had terrible grades on top of it from even from the, uh, the junior college that he was transferring from, right? So talk about a delusional failure. This guy just doesn't get it. So why does he get a movie? Why does he get a movie? Well, it's because there's obviously, we know why, there's a lot more story behind those actions, right? There's so much more to it than that. He battled being undersized and having a learning disability and homelessness and rejection and discouragement and heartbreak after heartbreak but when we see that story, when we see the story that is behind old Rudy's actions there, we get a peek at God's perspective 
and we begin to understand how two snaps are worth celebrating as a perfect success, not a failure. He sees that and thinks, you've done it, you've made it. And that's bizarre to us, because from our limited perspective, it sure doesn't look that way. But we all know this to be true. It has always been true. It has always been the heart with which you do anything that determines what God sees in what you've done and who you are. That's it. He looks at the heart. So, <clears throat> elaborate way to talk myself out of this, right? Is what it sounds like. Don't get me wrong, okay? That video is incredibly embarrassing for me to watch. That was very hard to make. It feels bad, and I profoundly feel like a fraud and a fool and a failure. I'm, it's hard to shake that perspective. But then again, isn't that kind of par for the course when any of us look back at everything that we have ever done? We are Christians. We are Christians. And Christians' whole goal is to aim at something that is, by definition, unattainable, and then do something about it to try and get there, even though every single one of our most honest attempts falls short in a very painful and very public way. We're professing it and then falling flat on our faces. I sure did. But that's each of us every single day. I'm saying I'm gonna be made like Jesus. You're saying you're gonna be made like Jesus and then we go out in the world and we look the way we do. That's equally embarrassing. But remember this, we don't get to judge. We don't get to judge who we are and what we've done. We can't see that because on both counts, the narrow perspective of our biased human brain disqualifies us from making the call. We don't get to make that judgment. We only see the superficial slices that manifest on the surface in this place here. We see, did the ball go in the hoop? That's all we see. We don't see the backstory. We can't see that. God sees the heart of everything. We don't. We just see the surface. And boy, I tell you, we would be stunned. We would be stunned if we got to take a look at those deeper stories. Those deeper stories that, that God sees sitting behind every single action in every single one of us. And we would be shocked to see the actual metric that he uses to measure our success. Each person. It's so different. What can look and present as a failure to us might be an incredible success in God's eyes. And as a matter of fact, I don't think we saw, I don't think we saw the real video of my dunk attempt. Maybe we should roll the one that God saw. Take a look. They say do or do not. There is no try. They say obstacles are what you see when you stop looking at the goal. They say victory is sweet, but the secret is sweat. And they also said, Noah, dunking a basketball. <laughs> sure, is that before or after he benches a 747? But I've long believed that everything worth anything costs something, and I am willing to pay whatever it costs to prove the power of the one in me who is greater than all those in this world.
God says, don't lose heart. Outwardly, we are wasting away. But inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. So fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. That's right. People have asked, I can spin a basketball. That's one thing I can do. I like God's perspective a whole lot better, personally. I'll tell you what. It is hard to believe, though. It's hard. It's hard to see. But that's our problem, guys. Because as we, we make the decisions to take the action of someone who follows the Lord, we can lose sight of where we're at and who we've become You know, the progress that we've made because we see the earthly appearance only of coming up short. We don't see everything that we've done so far. So don't jump to any conclusions. As long as you know where you're going, as long as you know where you're going and you put in the practice, you are always going to be far from fool, fraud, or failure. Because in God's eyes, you are already a winner. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray, guys. Father God, we just, we love you and we are so thankful that you see through all our failures and love us enough to continue working on our perfection. Holy Spirit, help us to see and be the person and potential that is buried behind the simple stories in each of our little lives. And Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for picking us up from practice and then carrying us home when we reach the end of ourselves. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make His face shine upon you.